What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Dave, with the Military Millionaire Podcast, and I'm here with J.P. Leon, who just got out of the Army about a year ago. And this is going to be a fun episode because we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff as far as entrepreneurship in and around the military. J.P. was able to get started with being a barber and running a trucking company while active duty, and he's just continued on from there. And this is going to be a lot of fun because he has basically the yin to the yang of my job in the military where I drove trucks and broke them and he fixed them. And he was able to take that run with it and build a business around it, uh, you know, outside of the military to do his own thing. And I think that's a lot of fun. I think that's cool. Uh, and I know a couple people who've done similar things, but I haven't had any of them on the show. And so it's fun for me to be able to uh, talk through that and showcase things other than just, you know, real estate on the show. And, uh, JP, welcome aboard, brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. First of all, you know, I appreciate it. Give me the opportunity to tell the story. Um, been watching you guys for a minute through Facebook and listening to all your other stuff and all your guideful tips and stuff. So I would, first of all, I want to say thank you and great program you put up for active duty and veterans, you know, great page. I wish I would have found out about it a lot sooner, but awesome stuff you got going there, Mr. David. Hey everybody. If you have not heard yet, we are doing a live in-person real estate event may 19th through the 21st in tampa florida i would love to see you there we have 50 slots 13 are already sold and it's only open for war room mastermind members so if you are a war room member make sure you head on over to the circle community and grab your ticket right now secure your spot if you are not in the war room mastermind and you've been thinking about it Hit me up so I can get you that mastermind application and you can get enrolled and get a spot because they're selling quickly. We only announced the spots two days ago. And like I said, 13 of the 50 are already gone. So I'd love to have you there. We're going to have some really cool speakers. We're going to do some happy hours, some drinks, some hangouts, some networking, some restaurants, some really cool speakers, guest speakers, keynote, whatever. And we're going to do some property tours and some uh, cold plunges and sauna action. So good times for all. Come hang out. See you in Tampa. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, give the, uh, let's hear the, I don't know, the 30,000 foot view. Who is JP and how did we get to here? All right. All right. So, no, so long story short, you know, yeah, John Paul, Leon, whatever, you know, they call me JP. Um, started off uh, joining the military roughly right when I turned 19, about a few months after I turned 19, very beginning of the year. So fresh start, I think I shipped out about a week later um, going into 2015. Uh, the reason why I joined the military was honestly was to buy a car. You know, I I didn't have a car. They stole my Honda, and you know, I cutting hair at the time wasn't cutting cutting it. Um, I was only making about fourteen bucks a head or whatever. So it just simply wasn't enough. You know, end of the day, you know, making two hundred bucks or which wasn't enough. I wanted to buy a car. No credit union would approve me. So I was like, you know what? How would I get approved? Is maybe if I get a stable job. So I went joined the army. I almost chose a few different MOSs, but I always knew my dad growing up, you know, he had his own dump truck business and I always knew I wanted to do something with trucks. So when they gave me the option of heavy wheel vehicle mechanic, I was like, what's that? They were like, diesel mechanic. I was like, then that's exactly what I want. So thankfully a gift and a curse, because if everyone knows in the military, um, anything support is just, they dog you, they're going to work you. You know, we worked a lot, a lot of long hours, but that turned me into who I am today, built character. So I'm grateful for that. So once I joined, I didn't last. I was probably in AIT about five, six months in, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a car. And I was always looking in the area in Craigslist at the time, because that's what was popping. It was Craigslist. And 
Um, my dream car was an Evo, so I bought the car. You know, I bought the car, and and it was one of my best cars ever. Right, I had it for about three years while I was in the military. Thankfully, I've been blessed that that's kind of my way of investing. I buy these sport cars or something that holds great value. So when I got ready, I went overseas. And once I got back home, I always knew I wanted to do something with trucks. So I was ready to start a trucking business. But right, I didn't have enough funds at the time. I was uh, E3 going into E4. I think I just made E4 coming back home. So right when I got back home, I was like, you know, I had the my deployment money saved up. Um, it was tax season at the time. Everyone knows taxes in the military when you have a kid. Great money back. But I still need a little bit more. So thankfully, you know, I, it, as much as it hurt selling that car, I made that sacrifice, you know, and I, I sold that car. And thankfully, it was a great cash out. And actually, that car went up in value a little bit. I was able to sell it for more than what I even bought it for. And I'm grateful for that. So I know everyone talks about real estate, real estate. But, you know, sometimes if you make the right investment, the right purchase, something rare, whatever, collectible, Rolexes, whatever, sometimes that stuff holds value and goes up in value. So that car, you know, I was super sad. Started my trucking business, went great for about two to three years. A lot, it probably wasn't great. It was very stressful. It was a headache, you know, at first starting. It's hard to find drivers. It's hard to, you know, I had to switch companies a few times, leasing onto different companies. I tried to do my own authority, but since I was a new venture, they call it, everything's very expensive. Insurance through the roof, anything over the road driving is very expensive. So from right there, it's just like I ended up finding a great company, which is UPS. I was hiring for UPS Freight. And this is actually pretty funny. So at the time, I think I had my uncle driving. And thanks to him, you know, when he was driving for me, um, whenever he would come visit me here at Fort Gordon over here in Georgia area, I was cool with, uh, since I was a mechanic. And at the time, I think I was a motor sergeant. She would allow me to park my semi truck um, and the loading dock on post. So it's pretty funny. So sometimes after work, I'd get out in uniform and I would go and turn wrenches and, and do my own PMs, my own services, because that's what I did in the in the military. So it was pretty cool, you know, and I'd have all these people stop in their cars and come talk to me and be like, what are you doing? Like working on a civilian truck. They were so confused seeing me without my top, turning wrenches, changing my oil. And I'm like, this is my truck, by the way. They're like, oh, okay. And, and it's cool. I, I networked a lot because of that. I met a lot of cool people that were like, I want to get into that when I get out. But people didn't understand that America right now is really short on drivers, about 80,000, you know, short on drivers. And it, it's a hard business. You know, if you want to get into it, you got to grind. You got to find drivers. And nobody wants to be away from home no more nowadays. So it's, it's hard. It's risky business. And thankfully, that business lasted for me about two or three years. Um, then when COVID came up, you know, my driver was ready to part ways at the time. I was on probably on my second driver, second or third. He wanted to depart. And thankfully, once again, you know, the truck, you know, held great value. So I, I was, you know, I had a kind of get out of that business so i kept it kind of there at a standstill it was running it was doing good and then during covid you know um when i was probably cutting hair i was cutting a lot of hair in the military so i was cutting hair and whatnot and my dad kept telling me open a shop open a shop and we're here where i'm at barbershops are nothing like they were back home so thankfully me and my brother-in-law we dived in and we opened a shop in the heart of covid everyone thought it was the worst idea ever but at the end of the day you always need a haircut so you know we wore a mask we took precautions used germex and thankfully, in less than a year now, we're, we already have eight barbers. Shop is running, beautiful shop, nice stations, nice big mirrors, lots of lights. And uh, I can't thank no more enough or express enough to my clients. Thank you to them. And thanks to these barbers that I have. I even have people move from Florida. A few of my barbers that are willing to relocate as a civilian 
just to come help out with this shop because they saw the potential and the growth and they're loving it to this day. None of them want to even go back home. So I, I can't express enough my gratitude towards my guys, my barbers, the clients, my brother-in-law, anyone that's helped me be a part, you know, and start these businesses all while I was still active duty. At this time, I'm about an E5. I had a barbershop running and the trucking business running while still being in the military. Sorry, I made my intro kind of long, but yeah, that's 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 it pretty much, you know. I am. No, uh, no, no need to apologize. That's awesome. Um, okay. So, man, and that was all while you were still in and you've been out for about a year now. Yes, sir. One year. Exactly. And well, it's September. So about a year and three, four months now. Yeah. Oh, we got out about the same time. And then are you, is that still running the barbershop or have you moved on to other things since then? Or so the, the over the road trucking business, um, I ended up, once the barbershop was up and running, it was running really smooth. I got a little tired of the over-the-road business. Uh, you know, a lot of back and forth. I would take two or three steps forward one month. You know, because to be honest with you, with one truck, it doesn't cut it, right? You got to pay your driver. You got to pay your overhead. It's a lot of overhead for over-the-road. So I got kind of tired. I saw the barbershop was doing really well. And at the time, I was cutting hair, too. As soon as I would get out of work, I would literally go to the barbershop in uniform, change out, and start cutting hair. I was working like seven days a week. I was grinding, working Saturdays, <laughs> Sundays, cutting hair. Yeah, it was it was hilarious, you know, seeing some of my chain of command going through there, and they're like looking at me like, are you still in? I'm like, yeah, I'm still in. You'll see me in formation on Monday. You know, it was funny. So I was doing both, um, just grinding it out. And I was like, you know what? The trucking was just another headache at the time because, you know, my driver was always calling me, and, and he had, thanks to him, he was awesome, and I hope he sees this video. And he wanted to start his own business. So right there, I was like, you know what? You want to start your own trucking business? Why don't you take mine? And he was like, wait, what? So thankfully, we worked stuff out. He stayed with the same contract with UPS. I was able to sell him my truck, and he kept that going. So it felt good being able to help others start their own business, you know, someone that's never owned a business. And he was able to take off with that, and he hit the ground running hard. And to this day, he still has the truck. So that that makes me feel good. Um, I think now he wants to go a different path, but, you know, he's still going through with that. And then the barbershop's running to this day. Um, it ran good. It's been, we're going on our three-year mark now in August. It's running smooth. Like I said, eight barbers. Thank God. Keeps growing every day. Um, and then recently, I got back into a truck, but this time a little different. I'm doing local hauling dump truck work. Uh, I met a lady, and she, you know, her and her husband been running the business out here for years. And I would always run into her somehow, and I'm like, I think it's meant to be. Just, you know, she kept that little spark in my back with the trucking business. And one day I went on a trip with her, and, you know, she talked to me numbers, and, we, we kind of expressed to each other what I thought, what she thought. She showed me numbers, and I'm like, you know what? It, it can't get more real than this. And I finally get the opportunity to drive a truck and be home every day with my boys. I was like, let's 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 dig in. So now I just bought a, a dump truck a few weeks back, and I hit the ground running hard with that. That's currently what I'm doing. I still at the barbershop. Whenever it's raining and I'm not working the dump truck, I go and I cut hair on a slow day. So I'm still just dipping into both. You know, it sounds crazy. People might not believe it. People won't buy it, but. I'm always all over the place. You know, when I'm driving truck, I'm coaching my son's baseball, I'm doing this, doing that. I'm just trying to stay busy, you know, for my boys, set an example for them and the family and just keep on thriving, you know. Man, that's cool. I don't I don't know. Yeah, the dump truck thing's pretty cool. Um that's that's fun. And so when you're buying, I guess I guess the question, so when you so I, I know a little bit about, you know, the over over the road truck game. I mean, we talked before this, that's kind of my job in the military and whatever. Um, when you bought that first truck, I'm curious, you know, what did your financing structure look like? You know, I mean, you've got overhead, like how did, how were you able to, you know, pull that off as far as like, can you talk through some of the numbers that, 
kind of go with that. Cause yeah. I know people here like, Oh, trucking business. Like how the heck do you get into that? You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it's hard. It's, it's, uh, you, you definitely, I jumped into it not actually having enough money to be real with you. you know, I, I, it was really stressful. And at the time, like I said, E4 going into a, you know, Sergeant school BLC, you know, my wife had to deal with all that going back and forth with all these different companies and DOT inspection, whatnot. So it is hard, you know, uh, some, Finance lending companies require 20, 30% down. Then some will require less percent down if you get your CDL. So I was like, you know what? I think I could get my CDL through the military because that's what I was doing. I had my license stacked up and stuff. And this is another thing that I want to get out with a lot of, if you're still active duty, whatever, you know, I want you guys to focus on this. Um, it, don't play that mom and dad game. If someone tells you no, go look for someone else to say yes, but do your research. Because I literally sat there one time, I was at a range and I had an E7. I think they were like all National Guard cadre or whatever he was showing me his day job that he drove over the road trucks. And I'm like, that's cool. I actually want to go get my license here soon. And he was like, well, you can't do that no more. And I'm like, really? I'm like, I had a friend that he got his CDL with the military waiver program. He's like, no, you can't do that no more. They they, they stopped doing that years ago when I got mine, blah, blah, blah. You know, people always going to try to shut you down and close you out. Don't listen. I didn't listen to that. I went, I still went, I, I, every little chance I had, I'd run over to the order room. I do my own research. I found the form. I printed it out, had my command assigned it. I went back to Florida, took my CDL. All I had to take was two tests, uh, no, three tests because I got my class A. I took three tests online and I have my CDL class A without taking any schools, nothing because I use my military waiver program. So right there, I saved myself a couple thousand dollars and I was able to put less money down on the truck. I think I was able to come out with like 10% down. And I think at the time it was about like 15 grand down. And like I said, you know, I had to sell my car. I made those sacrifices. Me and my wife shared one car. And then when I had a little bit of money, you know, I'd go on Craigslist, I'd buy little hondas fixer uppers whatever motorcycles i was always currently switching out those are my friends who remember i drove like 10 cars in one year and three motorcycles because i was just jumping around buying paid off stuff whatever i could afford until the trucking you know thankfully picked back up after like two years and as i made more you know more uh what you call it, as i progressed through the military ranks you know then i made e5 then you know with years of service i was making a little bit more money every year bah was going up Till I was able to find myself again, you know, because at one point, I won't lie, that first year was a very hard struggle. It was very, very hard. Um, I wish I would have jumped into it with more money and I should have listened a little bit more to maybe my other truck driving friends. But my favorite saying is scared money don't make money and I made it happen. So, you know, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't take that jump. So that's funny uh, to hear you talk about some of this stuff because, you know, I have a couple of friends in my field who, <clears throat> like, three of them pop into my head from my truck company unit who all, you know, got into over the road stuff when they first got out. One of them actually, I might see tomorrow. He, uh, I haven't seen him in a decade and he, he was yeah. like, Hey, you're in Springfield, right? I'm driving through tomorrow. I'm like, Oh shoot. That's cool. Um, but the other one when I first moved to Springfield on recruiting duty way back when, uh, he happened to be dropping a load in LA and I was stationed in San Diego the weekend that I graduated from recruiter school and he was on a flatbed. And he and I had been talking and he was like, bro, I'm driving an empty trailer back to Lebanon, which is 45 minutes east of where I'm at. And I was like, how much is your fuel? He's like 700 bucks. I was like, I'll pay your fuel. Wow. Throw my car on your truck and like, you know, all my stuff. And literally I have a picture of like my old Ford truck and my Volvo on the bed of his flatbed and his company let me just pay the fuel. And they, you know, for like 700 bucks, I moved my entire PCS to cross country on the passenger seat of his, his big rig. Um, And then I definitely did not drive the truck because that would be wrong. Um, (laughs) But uh, 
it was a good time, you know? Uh, but that guy, yeah. it's funny because his last, so he bought that truck with like three or four months left in the Marine Corps. And he did the same thing, the waiver and got a CDL. Uh, and I remember he took, he was burning leave the last few months that he was in, you know, terminal leave and all this other stuff. Uh, but, but he took 30 days of leave before his terminal leave. He had to come back and check in and then he could take terminal leave. So he was taking leave here and there to take runs leading up to his terminal leave before he EAS. And he, he took a run back to Missouri and came back and I got a phone call and I'll never forget. This is the funniest thing ever. Cause you, you, you gotta think, I mean, you're, you're driver. He's on I 40. He's coming through Oklahoma and I get this phone call from him and he's like, uh, Sergeant Perry, I'm, I'm not going to make it for my check-in in two days. Um, oh my God. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, and he sends me a picture. He's like, just, just check the picture I just sent you. And it's this truck all messed up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened, dude? He's like, so you know that tornado that came through Oklahoma? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so this dude's driving down, driving west on I 40 and got hit by a tornado jumping I 40. Oh and like, so on leave, I'm like, how am I supposed to? So I'm like standing in front of first aren't like, Everyone knew what he was doing. Like, he's just driving a truck. It's not any different than driving anything else. He's a professionally trained Marine Corps driver. He has a CDL. Like, everything was done right. He's within his eight hour, like, whatever. He just happened to get hit by a tornado. He's totally fine. But his truck is going to be in the shop for four days, you know? Like, he'll be fine. He'll just be three days late. They extended his leave. And it was all good, but it was like the funniest conversation I've ever had to have with like a first arm. Like, yeah. So James is going to be three days late uh, from leave. Can we please extend it and not run him UA? It's not his fault. He got hit by a tornado in his semi. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Pretty Thank funny. God he's okay. But that is crazy. I, I think I remember that era with all the tornadoes. I had a few friends that were also like trying to avoid that state. And so I think I remember it. Yeah, that was, that yeah. was a rough time. I give him props. What a mess. That's crazy. But- yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I remember there's some interesting stories with that, but I mean, he, you know, financing, it was a little odd. Um, but I mean, he made it happen, but it was, it was rough for him as well at the be at the beginning, but he's, you know, he's still doing it and he's doing just fine. So that's good. That's good. Props to him, man. Wish him many blessings on the road and be safe out there. A lot of crazy drivers. So that's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So I know you had mentioned you, when we first started all this, you were cutting hair at $14 a cut and that wasn't mm-hmm. cutting it unintended. And so you join the army and you do all these other things. You decide to go back, open your own barbershop. Here's where I'm curious, the numbers owning the barbershop, right? I would like to hear how that all pans out because I know there's a couple different ways that people can structure this, right? But you know, I'm, I'm assuming and you, I'll let you dig into it, but there's probably like you get a, like either, either your barbers are paying seat rent, right. Or yes. like, so I'm just curious if you can talk through kind of how those numbers pan out, because I think it's really cool the different ways that you can structure how that pans out to where you're able to make money, even if you're not cutting hair now and, you know, as the business. Absolutely. Owner. Yeah, absolutely. So with the barbershop, um, obviously everybody right away shoots for like these commercial properties. Right. And I knew just something in my gut. At first I was trying to do what everyone else was doing. I, w- I was looking for a property right outside the base, right outside Fort Gordon, this road, right outside one of the gates, like every other post, right? Bunch of barbershops, bunch of alteration places. And I kind of wanted to put myself somewhere around there because I kept thinking soldier, soldier, soldiers, right? Constant business, whatever. 
Then, um, as I really looked through, I didn't like a lot of those plazas. And then not only that, too, I didn't want to, like, respectfully, you know, I didn't want to step on no one else's toes. I knew our shop was going to be different off the jump, you know, um, just by our customer service, the type of music we're going to play, having all of our barbers greet, everyone wear a uniform. I, I knew what type of shop layout we wanted and whatnot. So I just drove around all day one day with my brother-in-law because at the time, since I was still active duty, I needed someone to help me to run that shop while I wasn't there. Right. You can't just jump in a shop, especially in a new town or new city and be like, I'm going to open up the shop by myself. All this overhead you're going to cut all month just to pay bills. It's, it's not going to cut it. You know, so I, I knew I, I needed someone to help me and I had to help them. You know, we needed more barbers as hands on as we could at that time. I had we call him like an uncle, but he's somebody that I also um, jumped in the barbershop business with at one time in Florida. I he's seen me since gross. I was a kid and that's why I call him like an uncle. He came out here too, willing to help us cut hair for the first few months. So shout out to him, you know, and what happened was I, we kept looking for these plazas and everything was either too expensive, right? 2,500, $3,000 a month. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm, I'm an E5. So at the time I'm like, you know, I don't know if I could, maybe I could cut hair and make that money, whatever. But I was like, I don't know if that's enough because I know all these places I go into, we got to put, you know, stations, chairs, mirrors, that easily adds up 20 to 40 grand real quick. You know, flooring, painting, uh, the sign on top of the, the plaza, the sign out by the, by the street front area, it's just all these permits you got to put in and stuff. So I just knew I'm like, hold on. So thankfully, um, I was able to, we found an area in between these neighborhoods, right? And everyone would have probably thought it was crazy because everyone wants to go for the com most commercialist thing possible, busy intersection. But instead, there's this plaza that was connected to like a neighborhood. And right in front of that neighborhood, there's a, there's a golfing community, a big neighborhood. And all these homes go for more than half a million dollars and up. And then I have the neighborhood right behind me that probably has like, easily thousands of homes and they're still building new construction homes in there so i pretty much in my opinion i was like you know what it now I, i'm gonna do this with a whole different game plan i'm gonna cater to this neighborhood there's no other businesses around this area i want to put my barbershop here because there's people that could just literally drive five minutes down the road there's people that could just cross the street everyone could just come get haircuts and thankfully that is exactly what happened i have kids young kids that come from these golf cart communities in their golf carts and their four wheelers they park right in front of the shop and we laugh all the time it's great you got kids coming in bicycles and then right next to us at the time there was a subway so i already knew there was a mexican restaurant a subway and i'm like this is it people come eat and they're gonna see us here so it's gonna sell itself and as soon as we started moving in, the subway left. And now I wanted to cry. I'm like, why did the subway leave? Like, now that that's an empty plaza. You know, it's not going to get as much walkthrough. But thankfully, there was a really successful ice cream shop uh, in the mall. And they ended up moving their stuff all right next door to us. And shout out to them, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Garvin. They're awesome. I love them. I hope they see this video because that they teach me so much. You know, they watch whatever I'm doing at the shop, me and my brother-in-law. And, and, you know, vice versa. You know, we watch out for each other's businesses. And they always come over and they give me helpful tips, guidance, info. He shows me a lot of tax write-off stuff. And that guy's awesome. You know, I, it's it's been an honor to meet him. And it's been great. You know, and ever since that, just like that, we cater to the neighborhoods now. And then... Thankfully, little by little, it picked up. Now we got nothing but soldiers coming in there as well. So they'll take the 15, 20-minute drive, and they'll come see us too. We do military discounts, and we have booking apps. So a lot of them come in throughout the day in uniform, police officers, neighborhood people, firefighters. We've held car shows there before for the whole plaza. We make sure the Mexican restaurant next door is on board with us. He'll drop stuff down on his menu for that day. The ice cream gives out deals, and we just try to do anything for the community, right? We ended up painting all the parking lot lines for the whole plaza. We pressure washed the whole building without no one telling us to do so, nobody paying us to do so, but we know this is also going to feed 
us, right? We don't want, we need the place to look trashy or messed up. So we took initiative doing all of that without the owner telling us to do that. None of that. We just did it for ourselves just to make the place look cleaner. And people, you know, people are appreciative of that. And that's, that's just a good feeling, you know? Yeah. I like it. I think that's really cool that you went with the location where there's, you know, good foot traffic and not necessarily the same crowd. Right. Uh, Correct. The barbershop that I went to in Oceanside when I was uh, getting out of the Marine Corps was similar. Uh, Maybe not quite as close foot traffic wise to a neighborhood, but it wasn't on the main drag where all the service members went, but it was in a little, little, strip next to some restaurants yeah. and stuff and yeah. uh ironically a bunch of my friends all like we didn't know that we went to the same barber shop until we started running into each other and i'm like oh shoot we all use the exact same barber and then turns out he's a awesome dude and we all yeah. go out of our way to bump into him he ended up starting his own barber shop as well about a year and a half ago nice. so nice. um he's a good dude but uh, and that's that's what i shoot for with my barbers and especially my young guys i came from florida it's like I don't expect anyone to be my employee or my barber for years to come. You know, I know it's a revolving circle and I push them, you know, and I tell them, Hey, look, like, this is how I did it. You know, if you need help. And I know when they all watch this video, they know I'm being nothing but truthful and honest. I I push them. We have talks every day when they stop cutting hair and we're done. We just hang out. Sometimes we drink a beer, whatever. And we just talk for hours Um, to the point our wives are calling us. Hey, where are you guys? You guys stop at six, but it's it's 10 o'clock at night. We're just hanging out and talking numbers and business and, you know, I, I, I expect people to keep growing past, you know, just that, you know, I, I hope one day they all become owners and, you know, maybe one day they're going to want to partner with me if they don't have enough funds. And that's cool with me. I'll help them and we'll guide them. I have that layout now, that blueprint. We know what to do, how to do it, how to attack it. It worked. Nothing but five-star reviews on Google. So obviously we're doing something right, right? And there's still much more room for improvement. You know, I've thought about advertisement boards, whatever vending machine, all that stuff that I haven't even got a chance to get to just because how busy I am, father three coaching this that i want to get to that trust me a lot of people walk in there and hey you should do this hey you should do that everyone's gonna have an opinion everyone wants to run a business differently but to be honest with you i'm only i take in what i want to take in you know and, and i respectfully thank you you know i'm always gonna give people the the, the 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 respect you know i'm like okay okay yeah, yeah yeah you're right i should do that but in my head i'm like you know it's too easy for everyone do this do that do this but it's hard to do all that while you're also working you know it's different if i'm just being a full-time supervisor and i'm just walking in there and collecting money and walking right out then it's like hey what are you doing with all this extra time but also when when i'm playing a team role i'm in there you know cutting hair and i'm in there as well you know it's, it's hard for me to get out from that work day and i still got to go wash towels at the laundry mat i still got to go do this i still got to go pay the rent this week i got to go run around go do this go do that that's what people aren't understanding um, and that's where, you know, running a business is, it, it's, it's meant to be hard, right? If it was easy, everybody would do it. So it, it's meant to be hard and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm working, I'm doing all this now. Cause eventually I, once I have all this passive income, I want to, would love to just dive right into real estate. But for right now, I'm trying to find stuff that pays me religiously monthly. And then I want to dive into that. I'm just trying to open up more capital for right now. So then I could go off and venture and do other things. But for right now, I'm all about passive income just cause I think of long-term God forbid something happens to me today. I want my kids to have to be able to fall back on something. You know, I left a business, I left a home, I left this, I left that. And that's mainly my goal. I always think long-term. I'm always thinking, you know, one, three, five-year plans out. I, to me, a year blows by. The military taught me that. A year is so fast. You know, you do your deployment, you, you're back home. So to me, a year is nothing. You know, I'm always, oh, next year I'm going to do this. And I start working on it. My wife's always like, you need to relax. You need to chill. I'm always like, no, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm impulsive and it's a good and bad thing. But thankfully, being impulsive has 
once again allow me to be where I want to be today with that stuff, you know. So Yeah. Absolutely. So what's what's next? So next, I, I kind of threw it in the next, you know, I, I would love to go hard with real estate. You know, my wife's actually a realtor, very successful realtor out here in the area, thank God. And she sells a lot of homes, you know, she's new construction, or, you know, she sells and, you know, has a lot of buyers. And I, I would love to dive into real estate. But like I said, I was focusing so much on all this stuff. Like right when I got out the army, I haven't really got to turn to that yet. I keep telling myself I will. But, you know, I also enjoy myself and enjoy my things, you know, buying sports cars. This and that. I'm also trying to live my life just a little bit. So I, I am going to get to that. I think next will be real estate. I don't know exactly if I want to dive into commercial, you know, like owning a strip mall, plazas. That's why I'm trying to open up that more capital, right? Um, you you, you got to pay to play. So I need I need those passive incomes first because I, I kind of know the way I want to attack. It, you know, a lot of people jump into these smaller neighborhoods, they get smaller homes. And I, I respect that too. But I just, I want to attack it in a different angle. You know, my wife does it. I see numbers all the time. I know what neighborhoods are going for. I, I see what people are paying monthly for now that interest rates are up. And um, so it's, I'm seeing everything and I'm just taking it day by day, but I'm also not going to wait too long because um, I, I still strongly believe one day in this world, there will be no more middle class. You know, it's just going to be rich and poor. So I, I'm working hard now in my twenties, you know, because by the time I get 40, I want to be able to, you know, kick back a little bit and just coach or something like that. I'm not just going to stop working and say I'm retired. I think I just want to do something that I love and maybe just stick to coaching baseball with my kids. And, you know, eventually that's my dream job is maybe like a high school coach, something where I could kind of mentor and give, you know, young kids guidance. That's probably my dream job, but obviously that's not going to pay the bills or the lifestyle that I like me and my wife and kids, you know? So I, I got to work hard now. Right. Or that's not ever going to be possible for me to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. What, uh, what advice would you give to service members who are thinking about starting up a little side hustle while they're on active duty? Um, I think the advice I could definitely say is just to definitely pursue something that you love doing, right? Be organic about it. Stop. There's too many people now with Instagram and TikTok and it's like, oh, you should do this or, oh, you should do Toro because this or you should do this, you know, and, and, and all respect, do respect to that. But sometimes some of these people are not even in the right zones or location to do this, you know. Do your own research. A lot of these people have so many hidden talents or are really good at doing something and people aren't pursuing that. So I would definitely say is once again, just be organic, be yourself, stop worrying about others, stop trying to, next year's my year, don't, don't let social media distract you or make you think you know, something that you're not, you know, no offense, just be yourself, be true to yourself, chase your passion and it will come. And once again, it, it's, it's going to be hard, you know, cause if it was easy, everyone's going to do it. I always tell myself that I tell everybody that it's going to be hard. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be a lot of paperwork that goes into it. If you don't know what you're doing, find a good CPA and let someone help you and guide you with the right paperwork to open your LLC, whatever you want to do. Um, and just go about it that way, you know? And I think whatever passion you find on your spare time, on your off time, do it. Cause look at me, I was working seven days a week. And if I didn't do that, the barbershop wouldn't be here. And I would, I look back and be like, damn, I did that. Cause I would never do that again. It was rough. You know, I was working Sundays, Saturdays, cutting hair all day on my feet to go to formation the next day, run a few miles in PT. It was hard. And then just haircuts don't stop. It's such a revolving thing as you're building clients. It's just, people are blowing you up weekly, religiously. I couldn't take a Saturday off Sunday, especially my whole first year. That's, that's the grind year. So I, like I tell people, just be yourself and take passion in what you do and the money will come later. You know, don't worry about just too much of the money. Don't do it just for the money, you know, especially when opening a business. Do it do it because that's something you like doing and go from there. Yeah, I think that's good. I think, yeah, you've got to really enjoy it, especially if you're trying to put in those extra hours, right? Like if you don't enjoy Correct. it, it's yeah. never going to happen. 
no, no, it's definitely hard. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Is there anything we didn't cover? Anything, anything we missed that you want to touch on? No, not really necessarily. No, like I said, it's just, just that, you know, just, you know, like I said, I appreciate you for allowing to share the story and whatnot. And just, you know, I, I, I would say, how would I say this is, you know, have, have your plan, have long-term plans, um, work on different, don't let the military, if you guys are still in, you know, just be your only source of income. If, if, if you're truly a hustler, if you're meant to be a businessman, you will pull through and figure it out, you know, and, and it's okay for one thing I learned that the people next door, you know, whenever we talk, it's like business will turn you cold blooded, right? It, it's, you're going to lose friends and you're going it, to, it's, it's going to come to that point and no one likes it for it to get to that point, but it's going to happen, right? You're going to have people that are going to try to feed off you and, and leech off you, whatever, but make, you know, make sure your, your group of friends and family and keep the ones close, you know, that, that are actually truly happy for you and trying to help you. Because a lot of people tell you, oh, that, don't do that. That's not going to work. Don't do this. But are they a businessman? Did they do that business? Did they own that? So, mm-hmm. you know, choose the people you're getting your info from. Choose wisely. Um, I, like I said, I'm here today. No one guided me. No one held my hand. I probably would be a lot further if I had the information. and If I actually took the time to, you know, actually really do some more research and studying. But I've just been, you know, floating around and doing my own thing. Just always trying to figure it out. I've lost money and gained money. It's not every time it's going to be a win-win situation. I've lost, you know, plenty of times on car deals, whatever. But thankfully, my wins have outweighed that. You know, I bought cars pre-COVID, was able to sell them after COVID prices skyrocketed, other sports cars. And, you know, it's just money management's just huge, huge. You know, have that goal and don't let, you know, set yourself boundaries and limits. Don't let your accounts or whatever fall past a certain number. That's that discipline. Have that discipline. And I think it'll get you far in life. Yeah, I agree. Sure. I think that's huge. For sure. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. Well, if we've covered it all, where can people get a hold of you if they would like to reach out and just chat? Yeah, so uh, like for right now, I always already have a lot of people on Instagram that DM me, whatever that want to invest with me or you know, ask me for getting guidance. I've had random followers hit me up. Um, so Instagram, um, my high school name, but once again, I'm keeping it organic. So it's, it's JP Shun, you know, uh, two, two E's and S-H-U-N-N, you know, JP Shun. Um, eventually I'll probably change that one day, being honest with you as I get older. But um, you can reach me there. You can email me, you know, Leon, John, P as in Papa, gmail.com. And, you know, I'll start floating around more often on your Facebook page. I'll start chiming in a little more. I'm, I'm not big on social media, like when it comes to me making posts or writing, but I am always watching and, and, and reading and, you know, I'll DM somebody. So I'll try to be a little more active on your page now, you know, and try to help people out and give people advice because, you know, that's, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to help others at the end of the day. That's truly my, my finding, I think. And I hope everyone makes it because it, everything is getting more expensive day by day as you can see. So we, we got to work hard now, you know, don't wait. Everyone's wait or next year, next year, stop saying that everything's going more up. Look at the way real estate just shot up. So stop saying that groceries are getting expensive. Gas is expensive. Just, just start doing it today. Now, tomorrow, whatever, I'll help you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that. I feel that for sure. Well, JP, yeah. thank you very much for joining us today. This has been fun. And, uh, yes, it's always nice to hear a different story than, well, not that they're all the same, but it's just 
nice to talk about things that we don't cover all the time, right? And you're, I believe, the first yeah. civilian trucking barber that we've ever had on the show. Yeah, so. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you once again for your time and opportunity. I hope to talk to you more often now. And, Absolutely. you know, once again, I want to thank, you know, my my friends and family, my my circle here in, in Augusta, Georgia and, and back home and my wife, of course. And, you know, they push me every day. You know, having a family is definitely uh, a pusher for sure. And so, like, I... I can't express enough thanks to all my friends, family, the barbershop, my, you know, everyone that's helped me be to where I am today. And I hope to turn around and help everyone else and the ones that, you know, still need help and whatnot. So I appreciate it. Thank you.